listening to the Fayetteville 411 podcast produced by the City of Fayetteville, where you'll get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments that help keep our city moving. I'm Gab McRoberts. And I'm Sherry Kropp. Thanks for joining us for the Fayetteville 411. Today, we have Jim Bartlinski and Renee Lane from the Airborne and Special Operations Museum as our guest. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, Jim, I want to talk a little bit about the museum and what some of the visitors to your museum can expect once they come through through your doors. Well, our museum was established in uh, 2000. Uh, We cover the airborne and special operations history, specifically the U.S. Army's from its inception in 1940 uh, to today. And I, and I always love going in there because I've been through it so many times, but I always learn something new. It's like when you come in, it's like you walk into the set of Bandit Brothers. When you come in, you see when they were doing the uh, the test, was it the test regiment? back in uh, Test before, platoon. Yeah, the test platoon before World War II and all the way through World War II, various uh, uh, important moments in history during that ba- those battles all the way up through Vietnam and even Panama, and then the War on Terror, and and Enduring Freedom, and all the different activities that the 82nd Special Forces have been involved in. I mean, it's it's what you guys do there is just so uh, wonderful, informative, and I really appreciate what you guys are have going on out there. Uh, thank you. It's important to us. It's important to our community, and certainly the nation that we tell these uh, stories. And the exhibits are beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so lifelike and realistic, uh, and I'm sure a lot of time and effort was put into to creating those. Absolutely. We, uh, we take great pride in making our exhibits as immersive as we possibly uh, can. We also are very fortunate to have the primary sources, historical sources, living here in this community. Uh, For example, we are creating a new exhibit on the Battle of Mogadishu in Somalia in October of 1993. We have veterans of that battle in our community who we bring in for consulting on how the exhibit looks, sounds we will have, uh, how uh, mannequins, if we use mannequins, are kitted out just so we have that authenticity. And I think you can't really get that anywhere else but here uh, for the stories that we tell. And, and it humanizes. Because I, I, I think like that's a good point. Like you brought up, you know, how they really help bring out those little details. And like if you look at the before you leave um, the exit, there's the Humvee out there. And if you look in the back, there's a coffee machine. And it, it's that human element. I mean, it just kind of brings it home that they're out there living, they're 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 fighting, they're they're going through this experience, and and this, the little details that pop out at you. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've had a soldier, a retired soldier, in probably about three weeks ago, and he said, "Did you guys take a picture of my Humvee?" I mean, that's how it looked. I said, "Well, you know, we try to be as authentic as we uh, possibly can." So that's that that's the type of feedback that we love to hear at the museum. And it's not just the static displays, too, because you also have uh, the theater there as well as a motion simulator to kind of to put people in the, that first-person perspective. It's very important to, to do that. Without uh, having the immersive environments that we have, I don't believe people would get 
as good an understanding for not only the history, but for what our uh, airborne and special operations soldiers experience. And in the future, you'll have to have us back on because we're going through a process of redoing our storyline. I shouldn't. I should say more updating and upgrading our exhibits, which are going to be even more immersive uh, than they already are. And we're very excited about uh, that opportunity, which we cannot do without the support of our uh, foundation, the Airborne Special Operations Museum Foundation. And uh, in addition to your static uh, exhibits that you have in there, I know oftentimes you'll bring in um, special exhibits or temporary exhibits. And I understand you've got one coming up uh, at the end of June. Talk about that. Yes. Um, this uh, June 25th marks the 71st anniversary of the start of the Korean War. And to commemorate that event, we are bringing in a traveling Korean War memorial which is a replica of the Korean War Memorial in Washington, D.C., which uh, lists uh, various service members, Army, Navy, Marines, on patrol through a Korean rice paddy. It's a very powerful exhibit um, that that I I believe is really going to resonate with the public. It's going to be out in our parade field in front of the museum, and it will be open 24 hours a day. It'll be lit, and it'll be there from the from June 25th, starting at around 10 o'clock, to the 28th of June, which uh, it'll come down around 3 o'clock that afternoon. And I understand there's also going to be, it sounds like it's tying in with this event, you're going to have an author coming in to discuss, uh, talk a little bit about a, a book deal, uh, about the Korean War. Tell me about that event. Yes, uh, I will pass that on to uh, Renee because she's been coordinating uh, that. We're really excited to have our first in-person event for the public uh, on Saturday, June 26th at 2 o'clock in the Yarborough Bank Theater where we're going to host Melinda Pash. She is a a history professor at Fayetteville Tech, but she has also written a book, In the Shadow of the Greatest Generation, The Americans Who Fought the Korean War. So we are gonna be very excited to have her at the museum talking about her experiences interviewing Korean War veterans in preparation for her book. And um, the, the, talk is open to the public and it it is free. Um, We will have her book in our gift shop and if uh, our visitors are interested to purchase a book and have her autograph, we'll have that time available as well. But that should be a really wonderful event for us to kick off the summer. And I imagine the, I remember pre-COVID, you guys were doing these events uh, every, uh, all the time where you bring in authors or special uh, people to, to kind of tell the story of the American soldier, of the 82nd soldiers and special forces. Yes, we started those last fall and we had one a month uh, and we had great participation, not only from people here re- locally and regionally, but throughout the United States, Europe, South America, there were tons of people that took advantage of many of those podcasts, and we're really, really uh, thrilled to see the participation. 
Renee, all of these wonderful exhibits and events that take place at the museum would not be possible without the support of the ASOM Foundation. Talk about the foundation and uh, what, what your goals are. Well, the foundation began with the construction project of the museum back in the uh, early to mid-90s with uh, General James Lindsay, who still is part of our board of directors. And it was his idea to put the two uh, units or areas of uh, discipline from the Army together, the airborne and the special operations sides. And with that, he began a fundraising campaign here locally and also received funding from the U.S. government and from the state of North Carolina, along with generous gifts from um, our local citizens and individuals and businesses here in Fayetteville to open a $20 million plus museum on the corner of Hay Street and Bragg Boulevard. And with the foundation, we are able to do things that the Army sometimes cannot, and that is uh, provide support for exhibits, funding for exhibits, uh, bringing in authors, uh, purchasing materials that go along with exhibits, and also marketing those exhibits because, as you know, people just don't find out about those things walking in the door. So we have a lot of outreach that we do, and um, we are dedicated to making sure that our donors, number one, uh, stay informed about what we're doing and how we're using their dollars and it's very important to us because um, it goes straight back to the museum. And I know the foundation is actively involved with uh, not just keeping things running and keeping things uh, going forward but also with helping pave the future growth of the museum. What is your vision um, for the future of the museum? Well right now we're we're in a uh, position of capital can campaign mode, and we're uh, trying to raise $8.5 million um, to fund the upgrade of our permanent gallery, as Jim discussed earlier. And this will only happen with um, the generosity of Americans who served as airborne or, and special operations soldiers, businesses that support those communities, and from the general public who often come in and will donate $5. And Every dollar, dime, and penny is uh, very important in toward going, move, moving toward this effort. So um, that is a very big piece of the puzzle that we're looking at right now. And um, those donations will help us become more interactive, help us kind of reformat the gallery in a way that when you walk in, um, it will be interactive from the very first steps into the museum gallery. Now, if any of our listeners wanted to help contribute or support the foundation, where can they go? We have a wonderful website, and on there we do have a way to donate and a way to give. And our website address is asomf.org. And we give you about 15 different ways, even on the homepage, to give. So feel free to take advantage of that and know that all of those donations are greatly appreciated. They are because um, there is no admission to the museum and all of these wonderful exhibits are free and the author visit is free. Um, so that's why those donations are so important when people come through the door, if they could just drop a little bit in the box there, it, it goes a long way. It does. And 
actually our gift shop helps us greatly, as does the simulator. Those are two areas of the museum where you um, can purchase things from the gift shop or purchase a ride from the simulator, and um, those definitely benefit us greatly, as well as the donation boxes. And I think um, people can also purchase pavers or um, monuments uh, in, in memory of someone. Our tribute paver and tribute gift program has been unbelievably successful in the past year. And right now, uh, we have no pavers uh, remain, remaining open around Iron Mike. The Iron Mike Circle has sold out. So we have paver avail availability in front of the museum and in the Reflection Garden. We also have monuments that units will purchase in honor and in memory of their fellow soldiers, a mission or a battle that they were involved in. And those are also wonderful ways for um, our local service members to stay involved with the museum it's, and the pavers as well because they can honor or, or remember a person who served or even family members. Well, before we wrap up, uh, Jim, let's let's recap. What what are the museum hours, and then let's once again talk about the Forgotten War exhibit. When does that take place? Uh, the hours of the museum are uh, Tuesday through Friday, from ten o'clock to four o'clock, and then uh, Saturday from ten o'clock to four o'clock, and Sunday noon to four o'clock. The Korean War exhibit, uh, that opens up uh, next Friday, the 25th of June, approximately 10 o'clock, and will run through the 28th of June. We'll close down approximately 3 o'clock that afternoon. That is in our parade ground. It's open, free to the public, 24 hours a day. Well, Jim, Renee, I want to thank both of you for coming on and sharing all the great information about everything that's going on at the Airborne Special Operations Museum, which is downtown uh, at the corner of Hay Street and Robinson Street. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Four Fable 411. The Fable 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fable, as we provide timely and informative updates every week on a variety of topics related to the city of Fable. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fable on Apple iTunes, the iTunes Podcast app, as well as the Google Play Music Podcast portal. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fable has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. You can view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net. To get information about city services, go to our webpage at FayettevilleNC.gov. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>